Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Mike Wallace doesn't have all that much driving experience. For the last three or four years, he's put in his dues in this business. Mike Wallace comes down to the line. He'll pick up the win. It's fast car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. The battles for the lead. Mike Wallace gets by Jason Leffler. Mike Wallace comes off turn number four. A great move in that corner. He comes to the line and will win. From grassroots to the top of the racing world. Hear the stories of NASCAR's biggest names and how they made it all the way. Who was Tony Stewart before he was Tony Stewart? I could barely make enough money to pay attention, let alone to try to survive. So, I mean, I was doing it all myself. Presented by Crosley. Amplify your style. Here are your hosts, Mike Wallace and Jeff Kent. Welcome to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace, part of the Speed Sport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley. My name is Jeff Kent. Strap yourselves in, pull those belts tight. We'll take you on a journey from short tracks across America to super speedways and everything in between. We're brought to you today by Brady Mechanical Services out of Clements, Maryland. HVAC install, maintenance, and repair. Brady Mechanical Service at gmail.com. Today's guest. Super late model racer extraordinaire. He currently drives the number 26 Ford for his own team and part-time in the Arkham Menard Series East, driving the number 17 Ford for DGR Crosley. He is noted, Mike, as you said, is one of the most successful active super late model drivers, winning the All-American 400, Rattler 250, World Crown 300, and the 2014 Southern Super Series Championship. Here's an interesting point. During the 2017 Snowball Derby, Noah Gregson, 
nicknamed him Redneck Jesus for his popularity in the short track racing community and all of his success. Ladies and gentlemen, Bubba Pollard, say hi to Mike Wallace. How's it going, guys? <laughs> it's going great, <laughs> Bubba. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, man, that uh, simple thing Jeff just read about all the wins, you, I admire you. You know, you've raced uh, I don't, I don't know. We'll find out how long you've raced here in a minute. But uh, you just win. You're like that, that uh, kid rock song. Just win, just win. You know. So uh, That's what it's all about. Yeah. So uh, first of all, you're not the unique normal racer. You're not every second working on your race car. What are you doing right this second, other than talking to us? Right this second, I got this figure from eating a lot. So uh, we're, <laughs> we just got done. We just got done with some lunch. So uh, they say I'm a big guy. I didn't get it from nothing. So. Uh, but yeah, we uh, getting done. We we actually put in some separate tanks this morning. Uh, I got a I got a business that we look after during the week, and my family runs a trash business. So uh, now we have the racetrack, we the dirt track over here. We've been racing, uh, running. So man, we just got a lot going on, and sometimes somehow we fit in uh, winning races uh, in there somewhere. So so take a moment again, just and we're gonna go back in time in a second. But you just mentioned, and I'm awed by that. You know, for many years, I thought you were just a full-time racer. That's all you did because you were so good and is still so good at what you do. What businesses, again, are you and your family involved in? So my family, they've been in the trash business. So we uh, we do residential and commercial trash uh, since 1997, and we've been very fortunate to um, – now, uh, now Jeff, have a good business. Jeff, Bur Jeff Purvis, when I used to dirt race against him, he was yeah. in the trash business, and he says he made crazy stupid money. Do you do that? <laughs> I don't know about that. If they do, they don't give me any. They don't let me have none of it. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. I just had to interrupt on that Freak. one. I, who knew that there was crazy stupid money in the trash business, though? You know what I mean? Yeah. So this is an educational show. I, I've no never seen a broke trash man. <laughs> well, I, I'm very fortunate to be able to race like we do. I'm very lucky. I, I always I always enjoyed driving for myself. I've, I've, I've been able to drive for other people, but I've always been lucky to have a family that's been able to support me and drive uh, and, and own our own team. So I, 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 I prefer owning my own team. Well, it makes those Monday morning meetings a little less brutal. <laughs> I don't know. You haven't been around my dad. <laughs> well, my dad, my parents, they're tough on us. We, uh, we do it as a family, you know, we, uh, that's what we, that's our vacation. That's what we do. We go to the racetrack together. We have fun. Um, and that's something we enjoy uh, doing. And I, I've, I've been able to raise my family uh, in the same environment. So um, that's on Monday mornings, them, them meetings are not always uh, easy going and, and nice as they seem. As long as we win, we're good. But if we have a rough weekend, my dad lets me know about it. Do you race mostly in the Georgia area, Georgia, Florida? Whereabouts? No, so the last, um, I'd say 10 years, I've really been able to travel around the southeast. We've, um, you know, we've been to California twice, won the uh, showdown out there. We've been to Washington. Um, we go to Wisconsin, Michigan. We won the Oxford 250 in Maine. We've traveled to Canada twice and, and won up there. So it's been been very fortunate to travel around and race and, um, you know, win some races and have your family doing it. See, that good old boy can race just about anywhere. Well, Jeff, I was saying earlier, you know, and uh, Bubba, I th I'm sure you've heard this because any any normally any good news somebody hears, everybody lets them know. But I remember 
Kyle Bush making a comment two, three years ago. They said something to him about short short track racing or uh, cup racing. He goes, no, he said, I would just assume I'd like to quit cup racing and, and be bu- Bubba Pollard. <laughs> I'd like to go run everywhere he goes. He unloads, he wins, it's, whether it's California, Canada, or in Georgia. Somewhere. See, I would imagine that Kyle Bush has plenty of money to make that happen. Yeah, but not everybody can do this, man. This guy's so good. But So let's jump back in time. We need to get back to the point of our show. Let's go back as far as Bubba Pollard can remember. When his first knew anything about racing or first seen some type of racetrack, tell us about it. Well, I've always grown up around racing. My dad uh, always raced when we were young kids. Uh, my granddad built a dirt track over here right behind our house in the uh, uh, late 60s. Uh, now that we own, it's back in our family again after 40-something years, 50 years. So um, that's that's pretty neat. But, yeah, I, I grew up racing. I, I grew up running around barefooted, chasing my dad, um, you know, and or them chasing me. How about that? But um, I, I just uh, I loved it. Um, that's all I want to do. I think I drove, um, my, my dad gave me the opportunity to drive my first uh, race car. I, I jumped right into legend cars. Uh, that's, that's kind of, they were popular right here where we were racing at. And, um, that's where I, that's where I cut my feet. And then by the time I was 14, um, it, we, he was driving late models and we were running local here at, at Sonoma Raceway. And that's kind of how I got my start. We just, Hey, you want to do this one day? And if you, We'll make a little side deal here. If you outrun me or if you're faster than me, I'll turn it over to you. He said he was, he was, if, if you're better than me, I'm, I'm getting old. So, um, <laughs> that day, that, that was my lucky day. I did it and, uh, he gave me the opportunity and they've been supporting me ever since. So we run, we run around here, uh, my first couple of years, just locally in the late models. And, um, before we knew it, we were running super late models and just progressed pro late models and kind of, kind of been, you know, doing it for quite some time now. And, uh, man, I just, I enjoy it. I love it. Uh, I don't know anything else. Um, just go out there and my dad always taught me, you gotta give a hundred percent at whatever you do. And, and I, I think that's why we've been successful is, uh, just hard work. So, so what prompted you to, uh, since you folks own your family owned a dirt track at one time and own it back again, what prompted you to go to asphalt racing? I mean, that up until recently, that's all I ever knew you to do was asphalt racing, and we're so good at that. And, of course, I've heard of recent you doing some dirt racing. Yeah, it's kind of weird the way it happened. Uh, so my granddad built a racetrack in 69. Um, he passed away, and he always told my dad and, and uh, his sister, you know, my grandmother, sell it, you know, if something ever happens to me. So... And that's what happened. They they sold it. They re, they regretted it for quite some time, but um, they sold it in '88. Uh, and and actually, the guy who who bought it uh, already owned a previous dirt track that was probably an hour from hour down the road. Uh, he said he didn't want two dirt tracks, so he paved it. And uh, that's really how I got my uh, start in the asphalt racing. It was it, we just live right behind the racetrack here. It's only through the woods. So uh, when I grew up, I grew up on pavement, and then. Um, I, I had a cousin, uh, Clint Smith is running world of outlaws. And, um, so we always kind of had our ties still with dirt. Um, and then, uh, let's see, I think 2011, they decided to, to rip the asphalt up, go dirt racing. And, and man, I was excited about it. So it was something new. Uh, we had a lot of fun. And then, uh, just last year we were able to purchase the racetrack back, uh, after 40, 40 something years. So we've been running that, been learning a lot having fun and 
Um, I'd much rather uh, drive a race car than to promote or own a racetrack. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, so jump saying that for a minute. Why? Uh, what was the desire for the family? Or I get. I would assume the family did a joint. Why did you buy a racetrack back? So a lot of different reasons, really. Um, you know, it's something as I've grown older. Uh, me and my sister, you know, we it's right here on our family land and our family property. We own my aunt lives here. My I got two or three aunts that live here actually that are around us, and we're all family here. And the the racetrack means a lot to not only my parents or my dad, uh, but everyone, uh, everyone that's involved in our family. So. We've always wanted the timing's really not right uh, with the way we're so busy at work, but it was kind of now or never. Um, they also wanted it's growing. This area where we're living at in Sonora here is, is growing. It's one of the number one growing areas in Georgia, and uh, it was going to become a uh, development and, uh, and and build homes on it. And we just couldn't let that happen. You know, we 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 love racing um, the land. Uh, just so many different reasons uh, that we purchased the racetrack, and and we're glad we done it. It's a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of uh, a lot of effort to put into it to to make it happen. But you know, we we just we're racers, and and uh, we want to keep short track racing alive, and and uh, keep keep um, keep the history and the legacy going. That sounds good. And I guess what you're saying, as much as owning a racetrack, you were stopping a development growth in your backyard, is what was. We were, yeah, we really was. I mean, that's they're 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 growing and building houses every day, and that's we just we just didn't want it. Ge- geographically, where is Sonoa Raceway at? Give us the fame or a big town close to it. So we're only um, we're south of Atlanta Airport, probably forty five minutes, and oh. we are only twenty minutes actually from the big track here at Lamar Speedway. So um, we're. We're more west, uh, kind of southwest of the Landmark Speedway, but we're only 20 minutes. Just a couple weeks ago, you know, when they were racing the cup race over here, we had Chase Elliott come over and run on Saturday night and uh, and have some fun. So uh, we had a lot of NASCAR guys, a lot of fans even come. So it was, it was pretty cool for them to interact and, and come to, to the track. I'm going to continue on, on your career, but since you brought up um, Chase Elliott, if you don't mind, we're going to kind of jump back and forth here. What do you think – Bubba has has made a to me at least, and I grew up dirt racing in the Midwest, and then came pavement racing for a career. But man, it just seems like there's a huge insurgence of interest in dirt racing again. Big money races, a lot of people doing it. Uh, you know, some NASCAR guys, I, I swear, are making asphalt fans in the dirt racing fans. And what what's what's driving that? Do you think? Oh, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of different reasons. Um, I think, see, I'm a racer. I like all types of racing. I like, um, asphalt, dirt, drag racing, you name it. Formula one, like I'm a race fan. I love racing. Um, I think in today's world, um, the people have changed. We're seeing a change in the world. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't say people are changing, but something's changing. And, uh, I think that we had to shorten these races up. And I think there's at these dirt tracks, you can start at four, five, six o'clock in the afternoon, and we are done racing eight classes by 10 o'clock, and they can get home. They don't have to be there all day. Uh, it's, the, the racing is exciting now. I think these uh, the, the dirt's really paying some, some good money. I think the dirt racing is for you, and, and don't get me wrong here, it's, it's for your, your average 
household, your middle income type of people. Um, it's where, to me, NASCAR originated from is your good old folks, good old boys that um, that work, you know, their jobs and come to the racetrack in the afternoons and the fans as well, you know. And I, I, I think that's where – and I don't understand what NASCAR is doing, but you're seeing NASCAR go to the dirt. You know, so they're they're picking up that side of things, but then you see the Coliseum. It's a totally different uh, group, a uh, style of people. Um, so I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I think the drivers' dirt racing is, as far as a driving standpoint, is put a lot into the drivers' hands uh, than more than this asphalt stuff is so technical nowadays. You have to be so politically correct. You can't be yourself. I think when you go dirt racing, you you find out who those guys are, and they're just just like we are. Yeah, okay, that sounds great. I've just, I've, as I said, I've analyzed it. My little brother Kenny is a big avid dirt racer, and you know, a good spokesman for the sport. And uh, we just talk about, boy, there's been a big transformation. You know, we got a big dirt race or a big asphalt race, Jeff, coming up. Uh, I can't even say it right. A Cup race in St. Louis, first time ever right. in June. Yeah. Well, to make it better, they've scheduled three nights of dirt racing at Tri City before that oh, no to make See, a week that, of it. That's smart, man, because at the end of the day, it's it's all entertainment, right? So number one, you have to have a good show. Number two, you got to make it affordable so that people will bring their families out there, like Bubba was saying. You know what I mean? So th- those those key elements, and then when you have a racing crowd to pull from, that's smart in in St. Louis. Them doing that, that's smart. What you guys did at Sonoa. Um, when the, from the, the, when the Atlanta press. race was in town, yeah. Yeah. Well, how about we? Yeah, just... I mean, when we when we had the race there, you know, we we announced, hey, if you go to the cut race and you have if you have a ticket for all three events, you can get you know ten dollars off when you come through our gate. Um, just anything like that to to get them involved and you know uh, let them see what racing is. And then having Chase come in, we, we draw some new fans that never been to the racetrack before that might want to come back. So. There's Chase helped us out a ton doing that, you know, just uh, him coming down. So, so you it's know, you're throwing a free beer Friday, and man, you are free rocking, beer Friday. Right? We got to take a time out. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking to super late model racer extraordinaire Bubba Pollard. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the Crosley Speed Sports Studios. This is Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. My name is Jeff Kent. We're brought to you today by Brady Mechanical Services, HVAC install, maintenance, and repair. Brady Mechanical Service at gmail.com. Today, one of the most successful active super late model drivers, Bubba Pollard, is on the line. And once again, here's Mike Wallace. Well, Bubba, you know, during the break, and I have to tell people, you know, we have little conversations during the break, and I was going to go right back to early in your career. But then I was asking you about the, kind of the property sprawl, and you got your racetrack and all that. And uh, you were telling us that the area you live in is kind of big in the movie business. I says, hold that thought. Tell us about it on there. What what goes on down in your area regarding the movie world? Yeah, so here the last several years, um, I think The Walking Dead, is, uh, is it, it originated here in Sonoy. And um, at the last several years, it's just really grown and blown up, and all those guys – I guess have come from California and uh, because of the taxes and, and things like that. So uh, just a couple of um, miles up the road, they have big production uh, companies and everything. Uh, it's just really the growth around here has been crazy. So uh, yeah, they've spent a lot of money down here in Sonoy downtown, uh, you know, really done some nice updates and uh, just people walking around and checking out the walking dead and the scenes and everything. 
uh, down here. But man, it's, it's crazy how the last several years, man, it's just um, the movie production is just is is you know really taking off down here. So as famous as you are in the racing world, I mean, have you been offered any any deals to walk on for a Walking Dead or be a Walking Dead or a zombie or anything like that along the way? <laughs> nah, I'm gonna stay out of the zombie part of it. <laughs> you know, they uh, they actually filmed Footloose over here, the remake of Footloose. Oh, that'd be uh, fun. Sonora Raceway. So if you go watch that 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 movie, you know, it was the Sonora Raceway was in it. So it's pretty cool to see that. The only thing I've been offered by a friend of ours is actually does a lot of a lot, of, a lot of stunts. Uh, he's he's been wanting me to do some driving for for stunts. He he tells me every day. Uh, I seem, hey man, when you get done racing, you can come over here and be a stunt driver. So uh, I don't know about all that. I might have to give this shot though. That'd I'll be tell pretty you, fun, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, if you uh, decide to do that and you can get an extra, I was fortunate enough. I did years ago. I did a deal. Yeah. And got in the Screen Actors Guild. Didn't even know I was involved in it. And they paid my health insurance for three years. Shut man. up. Wow. That was crazy. It was great. That's crazy. So, yeah, the take, scam's take, alive. Take, take them deals if you can get them. We got to get, go. get back on track of Bubba Pollard. So early in your career, your father raced you. Uh, he said, run faster than me, and I'll turn it all over to you. He did. You, you started out Legends racing, then you were uh, pavement racist by age 15. Tell us from age 15 on wh where we're at. Yeah, we, we, we started running um, what used to be um, – we had we had several racetracks in the state of Georgia, man. Back in the early, back in the 90s and early 2000s, racing in Georgia was strong. Um, when I started racing there, it used to be Lanier Speedway uh, and, and Jefferson Peach State Speedway, which is now Gresham, um, which is – I think they sold it now. But, you know, Cordial, you had uh, South Alabama. So we started racing uh, – you know, two barrel Southern All Star races, uh, and then we 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 moved up into the the super late model ranks, and that's what we did for several years. We just ran around the southeast here, um, and and had some fun, won some races, and then um, you know we started driving uh, 2010 for Ronnie Sanders, and that was a big turning point in my career. Um, you know, he he's been around racing for a long time, and we 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 ventured off and went went racing some more and. Uh, won some races and just had a great relationship. You know, I'm very lucky to to be able to drive for you know a great guy like that. And um, you know, we just uh, that's all we've been doing. Uh, we just run around here and we went to California in 2015, and that's kind of where our our program turned around again. Is is hey, we can run with these guys. We can travel across the country, do what we need to do to to win some races at other parts of the, the country and and have fun. We had some uh, sponsors. And uh, we're backing us, and um, that's kind of where it ends. We just enjoy doing that, and uh, we, we got, you know, a lot more races we want to win, Winchester 400, the Snowball Derby. You know, we haven't won yet that uh, we still still trying to get off that bucket list. But, uh, yeah, we've been fortunate to race for uh, quite some time now. So you, you race for this period of time, and it's like, you know, everybody does their racing. You hear about people, different forms of racing. So what, when do you think the uh, – was 2015 in that era? Was that the breakout – I call it, and I may be saying it a little wrong, but was that when all the success for Bubba Pollard started rolling in? That I mean, we we all know about today. I mean, it just like it's, everybody in the race world knows all your success. Is that, is that when it started? It, I feel like it was. I feel like it was a turning point to where uh, we could get outside the southeast here and show people that we were capable of winning in other parts of the country. And when we went to California, 
that's when it hit me. Then I, I knew our program was was really good, and we could start traveling and, and racing and winning against these these uh, these guys across the country. So uh, I ran some ARCA races in 2005. That I think I was 18 years old, and 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 I'll be the first to tell you, um, some people are ready when they're young. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to do that. That's something I I I drove for Frank Kimmel. I drove for a great team. We went to uh, Kentucky. Uh, went to Michigan twice. We had some good runs, but that was fun. That was an experience. Um, you know, I went and done the gong show uh, at that same time, 2005, with Roush, and oh, that yeah. didn't work out. Wow, I didn't know. I didn't know you were involved in that. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, I try not to tell too many people. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't I mean, do so well. <laughs> you didn't do so well. <laughs> no, I mean that was it was it was a good experience. We had a great time doing that. We got picked. I think out of 1,500 people, I think there was about 20 of us that got picked, and we went and done it the last year, I think, was 2005. So we, it was a good experience. We had a lot of fun doing it. Well, well that's outstanding. As your your career started or your, your takeoff career, were you – you owned all your own cars working on them or you had people working on them for you? Yeah, so the first um, – up until the point where I got married uh, five or six years ago, uh, we had one guy – that, uh, that's been helping us for 30 years. He helped my dad when he raced, and uh, he's been uh, been with us ever since. And then once I got married and I started my own business, uh, we were able to hire uh, another guy to come in, and he's been with us ever since. And without those two guys, I couldn't I couldn't make it to the racetrack on Saturday nights uh, with uh, with everything we got going on. But yeah, I've always I've driven for for uh, a few people over the years, but. I really just enjoyyed owning my stuff i'm a I, it's, i'm I kind of weird I like doing things my way I know they're prepared hundred percent I know the, the guys that are in the shop uh, that are working on my stuff are giving hundred percent like we are so it, it goes a long ways when you got good good people and good guys that that, that do a great job and then that's how you win races is you win races in the shop being yeah. that and that's when driving for other people i I just you never know. You know, it, it goes back to preparation in the shop. Um, you never know what you're climbing into, and I always like to be hands-on, kind of do my own thing, my own setups. And I've had a lot of great people along the way that's taught me a lot uh, through the years of racing, uh, like Ronnie and Joey Clanton, and uh, there's been there's Mike Garvey. There's there's been a lot of people that's helped me. Gary Santamon. Uh, there's people that I can call that. Um, that I can lean on that's, that's helped me. So it's pretty cool to have those relationships and, and learn off of those guys and, and um, you know, be able to just call them from there if I need them, you know? So it's pretty cool. Yeah, so I ask that kind of in question, in detail question, because there's a lot of young kids that will listen to this podcast and go, well, I want to be Bubba Pollard. Man, I just get in that car and go drive it. But you actually, I, I really uh, simulate you to my brother, Rusty. You understand your chassis. You know how to make it work. You understand what shocks are. Am I, am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, I do all my own shocks and springs. We have a dyno. We have the gale force. Uh, I, I like doing the, the bump stops and the, the geometry and things like that to make those cars go fast. So I always wanted to build my own car one day, and I'm trying to talk them into it. But, um, you know, we just just not not quite ready for that. But one day I want to sit down and build my own race car. All right, so I'm gonna. That's gonna bring up an old story here, Jeff. Did did you at one time try to build your own car or f create a relationship with somebody to build a car that was kind of under your name? Or am I thinking I'm dreaming that up? 
No, we did at one time. It was several years ago. It was kind of a kind of a partnership with a couple of people uh, that we had done that. But I want to hands on build on bend the metal, you know, notch the tube and weld it up. We kind of subbed it out, kind of thing. So uh, we want to do hands on, and, you know, make it all our deal. Jeff, the one thing that Bubba does different than everybody else, he's been in different brands of cars, and right. he wins in every one of them. So that's that, that understanding. Well, you talked chassis. about the shop. You're talking about you know working in the shop and whatnot. Is is there actually a race shop right there on your property? Yeah. So we have a piece of property that's uh, actually about ten miles from our house here, and uh, and where we do all our work, our business, and things. That we we kind of wanted to separate our race shop from everything that we got going on, just because we didn't want you know everyone walking through and seeing what we what we do and what we got and um, get people talking, but. Um, yeah, we, uh, we have our own shop, two guys that are down there and I go down there as much as I can to work on the car and maybe evening. Sometimes I don't see them for two weeks. It depends on what we have going on, but usually most of the time I go down there and do my own shocks and do my, uh, dyno, dyno and everything, get them ready. And, and, um, they load it up and have it have it ready to go for us. Right. So I see. So when's the next time you're going to race? Cause I see there's an event Saturday night at Sonoy Speedway. Yeah, so we're going to actually come up and do some SRX stuff here in the next day or so, and uh, we got to do some chassis dynoing, and uh, we'll come back and I actually get the racetrack ready, do all the track prep, and uh, get the surface ready for the dirt track. So uh, we got to go up there, come back, and uh, we got a lot going on. So it's, and then, you know, the week after we have a, a race in uh, Nashville uh, Fairground. Uh, that we're going to race the CRA car and Southern Super Series. So we'll, uh, we'll get to doing that, and hopefully we can get us a win. So <clears throat> we haven't even alluded to is that you're part of the SRX Series this year uh, through, through your wins and that at Pensacola Speedway, correct? Oh, yeah. So we're, we're excited about that. That's going to be a lot of fun. We won the, the best average finisher b- between the two races, and um, we've, we've had a lot of success at Five Flags there. So. It's like uh, pretty much my home racetrack, my home, my hometown. As we've been going down there for almost twenty years, so we're excited to get a sh- get the opportunity to do that. So I told Jeff before the show, I says, you know, Bubba's going to be on the SRX deal. We know it. Uh, five Flags, and I think they're working on a deal for Nashville if he wins a day or whatever. But <clears throat> he says, how do you think he's going to do at Five Flags? I, I said I think he'll kick their ass. To be honest with you, <laughs> I hope you're right. I, I was I was bummed out the other day. I seen where they went and they went to test. They didn't ask me to go, so they uh, uh, the dirt I, track you mean or an asphalt? No, they went and test. They went and test at Five Flags the SRX car the other day. Oh, okay. Now, yeah. who they got testing still this year? Schrader still testing for them? Do you know? Yeah, I think Schrader does all the testing. Yep. Yeah, I I tried to get in that deal. And, didn't have a big enough name. Well, tell us more about the SRX series then, because I don't know that much about it. Is that something you get invited to participate in? Or I let Bubba tell you it. You win invited. your way in. How do you, you win do your way in, yeah. right? It, tell the yeah, story so about we, SRX. Yeah, so we uh, they have the opportunity. That they, you know, they've done a great job trying to support short track racing and and really short track drivers. Yeah. Uh, kind of give it back to to where it all started. So yeah, down at Five Flags, they got a race there June 18th and. And just a couple weeks ago, we had the Blizzard Series race. Uh, we had a Friday night and Saturday night deal, and the best average finish between the two nights got the opportunity to race in the SRX race coming up. So um, we didn't have the best weekend, um, really, uh, that we, we wanted, but, you know, we, we had the best average finish there, and we'll go on to, to get to race in the SRX race on June 18th, and we're excited about it. So it would be pretty cool. It's a, it's a great opportunity uh, for me 
uh, my fans uh, down in that area and my family and everyone involved. So it'd be a pretty, pretty neat deal. The nice thing about the series itself, Jeff, is that's the series that Ray Abraham and Tony Stewart put their name on last year. Uh, super, superstar Racing Experience, I think, is what SRX stands for. It's a uh, it's a kind of made-for-television event, meaning CBS is covering it. It's live on a on Saturday nights, I believe, for like six weeks yeah, or seven I weeks. I think the tail end of one of those races yeah, but last year. And, and, uh, you know, so we need to hop on board and market it for them, obviously. Yeah, yeah. well, no, it's, it's been good racers. I mean, they got a lot of cup drivers, Bobby Labonte, Greg Biffle, that are full-time in the deal. And then they get... Uh, Drivers like Bubba Pollard, who is so good at the short track, is, you know, see if he can compete against the stars. And uh, most likely he'll outrun the stars. <laughs> Bubba, tell us again, Jesse. Maybe I wasn't paying attention, but the race that you're going to be in in the SRX series is when? It's June 18th. Okay. So it'll be on CBS. I think it's, it's national televised. So it'll be pretty neat. Yeah, I'm gonna put that on my calendar. Yeah, that's prime time, maybe. That's you, you know, you made it big when you're on CBS prime time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's take a break and we'll come back and carry on some more conversation. Sounds fun. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the Crosley Speed Sports Studios. This is Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. My name is Jeff Kent. We're brought to you today by Brady Mechanical Services, HVAC install, maintenance, and repair. Brady Mechanical Service at gmail.com. His nickname, Redneck Jesus, for his popularity in the short track racing community. We're talking to Bubba Pollard. And once again, here's Mike Wallace. So, uh, Bubba, are you familiar with that nickname, the Redneck Jesus part of life, or not? Yeah, I can't, man. I, I, I'm just not much on it, man. Noah Gregson got me on this one. It's stuck. It seems like. So I thought it was a compliment, we were, to be honest. I'm sorry. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's 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 neat, but he uh, we were sitting at driver introduction, I think, at uh, the Snowball Derby. It's been, I think, it was 2017, and we had been back and forth. And my cousin actually uh, is one of the engineers for his, uh, you know, Xfinity car. So we knew we knew uh, Noah a little bit back and forth. So yeah, he we got to poking fun at each other, making jokes. Next time, you know, he didn't threw me threw it out on the, the intercom there. So and then it just stuck. So uh, yeah, it's been something that stuck the last several years. Yeah, well, I I, I read it and Jeff told me about it, and I thought, <laughs> hell, that's a compliment, man. <laughs> right? Can okay. you imagine? You're listening, right? You're a fan at the racetrack, driver of the number twenty six Ford for Pollard Motorsports, Redneck Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I think you ought to just put that over the door. <laughs> I like it. I thought about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they say it sells good T-shirts. Just play into it, Bubba, whatever they want. Well, that's what la a couple weeks ago, you know, I last year, what was it? Yeah, it was, it was last year. We kind of took a break, and I didn't win but one race last year. And we didn't run many. Uh, we kind of had the dirt track going here, so we didn't race. And um, we uh, – we took some time off. We come back, got our, got our, you know, equipment back to go on. And, and the first race out this year, we won and we won again. Next thing you want, I, next thing we know, we won again. I think we won three or four. And uh, everybody's Bubba's back. Bubba's back. And we was like, well, hell, where we didn't go nowhere. We just took some time off. <laughs> so we made Bubba, Bubba's back shirts and uh, sold them out pretty quick. So yeah, put it on a t-shirt and sell it. That's what we did. That's what Bowman says. Yeah, well, I would do it. Bubba's back. I gotta give Redneck Jesus, come yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bubba's back on the front and redneck Jesus on the back. I yeah. like it. 
Tell us where we can get one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you can order them online. We got an online store. We'll hook you up. Tell <laughs> We're going to get back to that at the end of the show, but tell us your online store. Let all the fans listen to who want, want Bubba Pollard swag. Where do they go to? Yeah, you can go to BubbaPollard.com there, and we got a store online right there on the website. And check it out. We're, we're getting all new merch uh, the next um, you know, a couple of weeks here, we're going to have some new stuff up, but yeah, we, we, we've had some stuff, uh, over the years and man, I, you would not, uh, we, we started mailing these things out from the house here. Cause we always had some companies help us out, but man, it's amazing to, to see some of the people from Washington or Las Vegas or California and Maine, Oxford, um, Canada that's buying these shirts. I never would have thought redneck jesus would down here from sonoy would have had any fan base you know uh, but it's pretty cool to to see uh see all these where you're shipping your stuff to and who's buying your shirts and pay attention to what you do it's, it's pretty amazing well jeff did, did i not tell you sitting in here before the show started i says nobody realizes how big a fan base bubble pollard's got right i mean every everybody you're you're, you're like you're redneck Jesus, baby. Going on. They got the they, they got the website bubblepollard.com. Seeing that, if, if anybody wants to know what's going on at Sonoya Raceway too, they can go to sonoyaraceway1969.com. I'm on it right now. Um, you can buy events. You can buy season passes. The, the schedule of events is up there. Results, standings, all kinds of cool stuff. All cool stuff. Well, I want to somehow I've got totally distorted of what our uh, our base concept is but you had mentioned about uh racing being a family affair for you and I, I want you to tell me if I'm right or not you my son Matt has raced against you on different occasions and I've spotted for him and uh we, we've said hi but never really formal is that your sister that spots for you yeah so my sister uh if it wasn't for her I'd probably be broke or in jail somewhere. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. she keeps she, uh, you out of trouble, is what you're of, saying. <laughs> she keeps us out of trouble. She uh, she does a lot for us. Um, you know, over the years when I started running, when I was, you know, 12 years old, my dad, we didn't have much help. We didn't. Um, it was just a. It was him, the other guy, and my family, my sister, and and um, they always told us if if you want to be successful, you got to learn how to do it yourself. So we we've stuck it in the family uh she she also does my tires a stagger uh, and i know you know she's giving 100 percent when when those in in you you know from experience those the most important thing on a race car is those four tires that sit on the ground so um they have to be right and uh and also the person spotting for you, you gotta have the confidence and 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 things um that she's telling you uh to be able to maneuver and and play strategy throughout the race of of she knows what I want to hear, so I know how to manipulate my race and manipulate other others um, to to win. So uh, it's important. We've had fun. Uh, my mother, and my dad, um, they all support. I have a family now. I have a wife and uh, two little girls that love racing, and they love getting their picture made. That's what we tell them. They're they're two and and five years old. So we're teaching them how to be winners and. Uh, uh, we don't get our picture made if we finish second, only if we win. <laughs> no participation pictures, huh? That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, well, that's great to hear. I just enjoyed uh, uh, talking to your sister on occasions in the spotter stand. And, of course, uh, you were always going getting your picture taken. We were we were walking behind you. So uh, proud of that. But what don't what doesn't the average fan that's an adamant Bubba Pollard fan know about Bubba Pollard? What what what's um, uh what's a, what the what kind of music you like? What kind of movies you like? I mean, or is there something you do for fun that's not just nobody would expect out of you? 
I don't know, man. That's a tough question. We don't do much but work around here <laughs> and race. But, man, I love country music. I love going down the road. That's what gets me pumped up. I'm not a rap guy or pop guy or rock or not much of that. So I, I just love 90s country. And, and I, don't wa- I don't really watch movies that much. Uh, we watch the Yellowstone from time to time. Uh, that's about that's about all we're into around here. But you know, I'm I'm really a easy, laid back, laid easy going. I like I said during the break there, I I wing it. I don't get excited much. Um, I just kind of let I just roll with it. If 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 something uh, stands in our way, we'll figure it out when we get there. But I don't like planning anything. Um, I just kind of deal with the situation when it comes. So I don't know if that's a good way or a bad bad way to be, but. We we make it happen some somehow. What about hunting and fishing stuff like that? I mean, you're a Georgia boy. We always see always hunting, fishing, uh, and done some fishing when we were when we were younger. But we don't do much of it now since we're racing. Uh, ever since we started racing, uh, that's took up most of our time. I still we we go fishing with my girls from time to time. We got a lake over here at the racetrack that we enjoy doing that. Um, don't like golfing. I don't have the patience for it. I'm very. <laughs> I'm very laid back, but at the same, I have zero patience. We were standing. We went. I took the girls to the Braves game yesterday, and uh, being around a crowd of people like that, I don't. I'm not much of. So that's one thing that I don't really. How you'll about see me go to the back of the line? You how know? about that traffic around that baseball stadium? Oh, Isn't that amazing. Good God! I want to crash everyone. <laughs> I'm over. going Wednesday. So Jeff's sitting here with the Atlanta Braves World Series championship <laughs> shirt on. And, oh, yeah. And Toby's going to play golf tomorrow. So you guys would get along great. <laughs> now, I like going to the Braves game. I just don't like being around all the people. Right. <laughs> that's, the way, so. that's the way it goes. And I and everybody likes playing golf if if, uh, if you're a fan of drinking beer because you don't have to. You know, well, that's <laughs> last time I, I, last time we played golf, that's about all I was good for. Well, they, they call that swing juice is what that's called in the golf course world. You drink some it. liquor, drink some beer, and your game always gets better. I call here. it coaching a can. Coaching a can. That's why I never had any big sponsors. That's why I couldn't I couldn't take them to play golf. You couldn't take <laughs> Well, cool. So, you know, I, I was watching, uh, pulling up some little video, you know, after you, you book a guest or I have, I, I think I know them, but I don't know them. And uh, so I studied a little deal, and I see somebody did a little interview with you. Down at your race shop, I don't know if it's just this past year or past couple, you had a bunch of a couple of new asphalt cars sitting there and a new dirt car sitting there. And you said you really enjoyed the dirt car. You really had fun driving that. And you like the technology that is there along with you think there's a lot of room for improvement on it. Tell us about that. First of all, do you, do you want to run a lot of dirt uh, or, or are you running a lot of dirt? Well, it was a good question. Um, this weekend, we, we went to Talladega Short Track, and it didn't end so well. I'll have to tell you, I'll have to tell you that. But I really enjoy the dirt. Um, you know, we have a lot of fun. It's, the, the asphalt is so much – there's so much pressure. You have to go out and perform. Everybody expects, I guess, since I've won, um, you know, they expect you to win. And if you're not winning, they ask why or, or, or what's going on. But when you go dirt racing – um nobody cares you just go have fun if you win that's good if you crash that's fine too they don't care you know i feel like you're judged in the asphalt side of things more um than the dirt but there is a lot of technology i feel like um that we that we have applied to our dirt car uh from the asphalt side and i think there's a lot lot more uh, to come down the road uh, with front end geometry and the way they steer and stuff 
uh, these dirt cars don't steer near as good as as an asphalt car, and I think they rely on the rear end so much. Um, uh, it's, it's just two totally different ways of going about thinking of how how to make the race car turn. But um, we did some things this weekend at Talladega. I run the the short track over here, and let's just say um, we got to put a front and rear clip on one um, <laughs> when we get back to the shop. But I got just just I entered the corner there up on the cushion. Uh, that's where the the moisture was, where you had to be, and just does it, I don't get to run the dirt car, but probably five or six times a year, and I just I lost track of where I was on the racetrack and where the berm was, and I just went over. The car was a little tight. I thought I could throttle out of it, stay in the in the fuel to drive drive out of it, but it didn't, and uh, we ended up head first, pretty much pancaked it with the right side, knocked the front end rear clip off. So we didn't have a pretty good out turn uh, outcome, but. You know, for the most part, I really enjoy the dirt racing. If I could win the Snowball Derby and the Winchester 400, I'd probably be done asphalt racing and and go full-time dirt racing and, and run my asphalt car from time to time. I got you. Well, I just want to let you know you just made me feel really, really good about myself. I went, to, I went out to Cocopah Speedway in Yuma, Arizona back in January this year. And ran four nights of dirt racing. It was the IMC uh, Sportsman cars. You know, mm-hmm. you got to turn them off the rear tires, too. And it's a big half mile out there. And first couple nights, I did average. You know, I hadn't been in one for a while. Well, the last night, I thought I was sailing. And I, I, except when I went to turn it with the throttle, the throttle turned more than the car did. And the next thing I knew, I was upside down and there's a car driving <laughs> over the top of me. So, uh, <laughs> funny story, though, too. A funny story. I was flipping through the channels uh, when you were out there that weekend, right? And I'm yeah. like, oh, my God, that's that's the race that Mike Wallace was talking about, right? And there's this car sitting there, and it's all tore to hell, yeah. right? It says Wallace across the across the windshield. I'm like, damn, I guess my timing wasn't too good. He just ran out of the three T's. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby, you know what the three T's are, right? Schrader t- Schrader says if you ever have a bad day, he says, first of all, what happens is you run out of track. Or excuse me, you run out of traction. Then you run out of track. And the final thing is you run, you out, run of out of talent. 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 <laughs> and you knock the fence down. I ran out of talent this week. <laughs> I that. Yeah. I was going to go in there and try to get me some more, and it didn't work. Yeah. So what, why do you um, – and there's a lot of racers listening to this show, a lot of them. So what do you, why do you think the cars are so dramatically different in the way the uh, – you use the word technology, and a lot of people don't even understand what the word technology means. They think it means computers and this and that. Uh, and I don't mean to get into your chassis business or anything, but we just try to bring a broad spectrum of everything to people. Why do you think the cars are so different? I mean, and I'm going to date myself way back into the 80s, and I raced with guys like Jeff Purvis and Larry Moyer and stuff like that back in the day. and. You know, cars went in there and kind of sat flat, and you were up on the right rear, and you were digging. And hell, these things are – the left sides are off, almost off the ground on them now, right? Oh, yeah, they're, they're up in the air, right front down, left rear, as far up in there as you can get. I mean, there's there's so much there. as You know, lateral grip, I mean, that's, that's kind of a, a big thing on dirt. The tires, um, you know, there's, there's so many different – like, you don't see low center gravity. You know, in an asphalt car, low light and left, you don't see that in a dirt car. It's as high, and you want as much roll in the car as you can get, you know, to stick the right front. There's no sway bar on the car. So it's all about lateral grip for those dirt cars. And and um, with the way the, the suspension is in the rear ends and the way they're able to move, um, it's just totally different way of thinking. It's the same principle. Um, a car still has to turn. Even though you're turning right with dirt cars, 
you're still turning left. So you have that same feel you're looking for in the front end with front geometry and things like that. But uh, with no sway bar and stuff, um, you really have to work on it different uh, to get a turn. Uh, so there's a lot of, you could go really in depth and things, but you know, the way that the spindles are now and the front geometry, you could really, you know, apply a lot of asphalt stuff to the, to the dirt side of things. And, and we, we've been easing that way uh, a lot, but um, you know, just, just time is really uh, see it. But aero is really big on those dirt cars too. Uh, it's huge to have the, the spooler up in the air and the nose on the ground, just like it is on the asphalt car. So there's a lot of similarities, but it's just totally kind of different way of thinking. Hey, Mike, let's take a time out here. We'll come back and talk to Bubba Potter and find out what's next. That sounds good to me. his fabulous career. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the Crosley Speed Sports Studios. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. My name is Jeff Kent. We're brought to you today by Brady Mechanical Services, HVAC install, maintenance, and repair. Reach out at bradymechanicalservice at gmail.com. We're talking to super late model racer extraordinaire Bubba Pollard. Once again, here's Mike Wallace. Well, Bubba, as I mentioned, we've jumped all around throughout this show, and so just kind of that we can go back and recap and then come back and see what you're going to be doing in the future. So you basically grew up around racing. Your family's always been involved in it. Your dad has raced. You showed dad you were faster than him back in the day, and uh, that started your career. And uh, about 2015 is when everybody got to really know who Bubba Pollard is by all the wins out on the West Coast and you know, you've traveled to Canada. You won the big races up there, Oxford, Maine, the, you know, all, all the hero races. And I, I think you mentioned you only have really, would you call it a bucket list, Jeff? He's only got right. two big races. He, that means anything. Not that he wouldn't want to win a bunch, but you want to win the right. Snowball Derby. if you win those, you can chill, right? Yeah. Snowball Derby. So I got a question for y'all. Yes. I got a question for y'all. So let's, let's just say yeah, I've won all these races. And, and as you as a racer, as y'all are, y'all are, you know, race fans, do you define your racing career off of one race? Just say you don't, because the Snowball Derby is the biggest race in the country. Uh, I don't feel like you've accomplished anything. I don't feel like I've accomplished what I need unless I win that race. What do you, what do y'all think? Is, is there one race that defines your, someone's career? I don't know if there was, I think you could say Daytona 500 for, for a NASCAR cup series driver or Xfinity series driver. Maybe, but I, I personally, I don't think you can so define do you not it. think if, if Dale Earnhardt didn't win the Daytona 500, you know what I mean? Right. No, I don't think you can. I, I think you would have to take uh, each situation case by case, right? Because Dale Earnhardt was one of the greatest of all time and, and his resume speaks for itself. But, he didn't win in the Daytona 500. We could say that, but he actually he did. So, no, I, I don't think you can necessarily define a career by one race, but I think you might be able to as a racer. You know what I'm saying? Hey, it, I wish I had won the Snowball Derby. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I so, mean, that's what you work for for your whole life. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's I'm going to jump in the middle of that. And uh, I listen to you, and you're a winner, and you taught your family to win. There's no – doesn't sound like there's any such thing as participation awards in the Pollard family. Uh, so speaking for myself, okay, I was an average race car driver, nothing special. But I was, <clears throat> I was capable or able to win Daytona three times, not ever the Daytona 500. I won an ARCA race there. I won the inaugural truck race. 
and I outrun Dale Earnhardt Jr. in 2004 for the Xfinity race. That's what everybody remembers me by. They don't remember that I won Mesa Marin or Homestead, That's Florida, right. or anything mm-hmm. like that. I think there's – don't you believe there's just some – we'll call them hero races every year that that they don't even pay the most money and don't even have the coolest trophy, but they've got so much prestige to them. And definitely yeah. the Snowball Derby is is that of asphalt racing. Gotcha. You know, I remember going to the Snowball Derby with my brother Rusty him competing in that race. And then it took, that race took, and Bubba, tell me if I'm right or not, This you might not have even been born at this time. But like the Snowball Derby was forgot about. Nobody ever really, it went through a stage where it wasn't a big deal. And then the last 20 years, I mean, my God, it's, we're going to the Derby. It's everybody refers to it as the Derby, right. you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. You, your career is not going to be defined by the Snowball Derby or Winchester. I can tell you that. It might add to your career and your own personal feelings, but everybody knows you from going to Kern County up there to in Canada and Oxford and, you know, over here to all the racetracks. I mean, you just you just win, man. You unload. And uh, so I don't know. Did we answer it the way you were wanting us to or you were just getting? No, I was, I was just curious because, you know, some people ask what you hear when and I don't I don't listen. I don't. I don't worry about nobody what what they think of me because I don't I don't care I could care less but that's what you hear sometimes is oh he's not won a snowball derby you know what I mean it's he won all these races can't win a snowball derby he ain't nothing you know what I mean so uh, I don't I don't pay no attention to that I was just curious you know what y'all thought and uh, I've never asked that question to anyone else like to y'all's caliber that's done you know what you have Mike so it, it, my dad always taught me you're only as good as your last race so hopefully when I retire. I win my last race. I'll be done. Everybody remembers that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't think you have to worry about anything about having uh, a history book out there and a following. And you, you're, uh, you know, it's going to be nice to win that race. But think of all the people that have never won the Snowball Derby that have, you know, went on to, uh, and continued to have great careers. I mean, I may, yep. be, I may be wrong, and somebody have to pull up this history book. And I'm, I. I don't remember Dick Trickle, the world famous Dick Trickle out of Wisconsin, ever winning the Snowball Derby. You know. Yeah, I don't think he. I don't think he has. Yeah. So uh, to judge that, no, because you know that was a, and we grew up in different areas. I grew up in St. Louis, raced with my brother Rusty in the Wisconsin area, and uh, you know, you you are the modern day Dick Trickle, and that's a huge compliment because. He would just win. He would just win. He'd work on his own cars. He'd never drive for anybody else. And uh, he, he'd tell you to quit talking. Just go. If you think you can beat him, just go show him that you could beat him. <laughs> right. He was always funny. You know, it was never like, oh, don't tell me what you're going to do. And Ron Hornaday taught me that when I truck race. He says, man, quit talking shit to me. He says, don't tell me. <laughs> do not tell me what you're going to do. Just go do it and prove it to me. And I went, That's right. yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, so what's uh what's next on the Bubba Pollard list of things to do? What do you what do you got going on? What are you doing later today when you hang up with us? What do you got going on? I'm a, I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go load my car up. We're actually coming to Charlotte this week uh, do some chassis dyno, and so we're going we're gonna do that. Uh, I have never I've raced for twenty something years and I've never been on chassis dyno, so I don't I don't know if that's that's gonna you know if that's good or what. So we're gonna we're gonna see if we can't learn some things this this week, but. Um, getting ready for the dirt race in Nashville next week and SRX race. So we got to, during the summer here, July and August, we'll, so we'll start racing every weekend and 
just getting get things ready to go. So uh, we're based right now in this show right in the Mooresville area. So you're probably going to be chassis dying on not too far from us somewhere. That's where all yeah, we're going to be pretty close there. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, Jeff. You know whose name is on the list of Snowball Derby winners over and over again? Rich Bickle. Yeah, he's yeah. won it four or five times. Right? Yeah. Remember him? And I see yeah. a Steve Wallace on here. Is that your nephew? Yeah, Steve-O won yeah. it once. He was driving for uh, Richie Waters when he did Kyle that. Kyle Bush won it. Hampton. Chase Elliott won it. Yeah. Now. Say that again. Oh, he's he's a mess. Steven? Oh yeah, <laughs> he is a mess. Hey, hey, they done really good with their uh, their bikes and things. Yeah, you ought to stop. You ought to stop in and see him while you're up here. He's just right up here in Lakeside Industrial Park in Mooresville. Yeah, we'll have and, to stop by there. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's uh, Steven's uh, found a different part of his life now. He uh, no longer has a desire to be a race car driver. As he told me, he's hit everything there's possibly to hit. <laughs> Can't take any more abuse, and he's really uh, into that motorcycle stuff really big. Him and his dad, Rusty, are uh, having a lot of fun with it, and uh, just all good, man. But we want to thank you so much. I really, uh, I've learned a lot about you. You've always been a really nice guy to me at the racetrack. I wish you nothing but continued success. Jeff, what would you think about having your name as Redneck Jesus? I think it's cool, <laughs> and I want one of those T-shirts really bad. It's BubbaPollard.com if you want to go to the website and check out some of the merchandise. I know I will. Yeah, you know, and I when he said he liked country music, I could tell because he had the whole – when he said we have our merch. Yeah. All the, all the country guys <laughs> the that I know, trailer. that's what their phrase is. They never say merchandise. They say, well, you got to get the merch. The merch is where the, the, merch is where the money's we at. We used to call it swag. <laughs> swag. <laughs> <laughs> all right but, hey so i appreciate y'all having me on I, I really enjoy it and uh anytime well we appreciate you coming on thanks for telling us about your life story and uh you know what you're doing and uh that you're you're out there working doing other things than just racing every day so it's nice to hear because uh the average person person watching listen to this thinks that a racer all they do is race all the time and uh it's nice yeah that's you. that's where that's where people get the wrong impression of me it's you know, I'm liable to be, excuse my language, I'm pumping out shit on Mondays or, <laughs> or chasing, I'm chasing cows on Tuesday. You know, when I wake up in the mornings, I don't know what I'm doing from day to day. I just, like I said, I've winged it. You know, whoever's out to work that day is where we got to fill in, whether it be riding on the back of a trash truck or what, you know? <laughs> I, I I was going to leave you go, but I got to tell this story real quick, Jeff. I ran into Bubba Pollard at Hickory years ago when my son was racing there, and I walked out. I was kind of, not kind of, I was intimidated to go talk to him. You know, I was like, this is Bubba Pollard, you know. And, oh, come on now. No, seriously. I mean, we all, you know, people admire people, and you're you're doing something, and we're accomplishing some, some just major feats in the motorsports world at that time. And um, I said something to him about, working or is this all you do and he looks at me like i was a dumbass and he goes <laughs> no man i got a septic tank business a real job and, and he goes i says you you got a regular job other than winning all these races he goes yeah i says well you run the backhoe he goes oh no i like being down in the hole there putting the lines because i can always answer that's my right. answer my phone then that's right <laughs> and i remember that's that and, talk. Yeah. and it all stuck in my head but uh Enough of that. You go chassis dyno, run good. Uh, if you're in town want to have dinner, call me. I'll take you to dinner tonight. And go get that snowball derby. Yeah. Go there get it. Go. Just go get them out of the way this year. That way you don't have to just keep dragging on. Thank you, exactly. Bubba Pollard. You've been listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network presented by Crosley and NASCAR Digital Media. We'll see you next week.